Welcome to the Story Forest, original tales for curious and adventurous children. Toby and Eva have finally found their parents, but the Sapphire Islands are in danger. In this episode, the help of Mole, whose island has almost disappeared. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Score and vocals by Zoe McNaughton. The Moon and the Tree Toby and Eva woke for the first time in a long while to the smells of breakfast, to the sound of their mother humming as she moved about the ship, to the faraway chatter of their father. They looked at each other and grinned, then tumbled out of their bunks and made their way to the deck in their pyjamas and dressing gowns. Mama hugged them and kissed them. She held them longer than normal. There was still some catching up to do. Papa hugged them too and then steadied the ship and they sat down to eat on deck as was their favourite, watching the sky and the world around them as they ate bacon sandwiches and fresh fruit. And all of them watched the mole, the mole whom they had rescued from the sea the day before, who had been clinging to a coracle completely exhausted. The mole who was now burrowed inside Eva's scarf and emitting very small mole snores. It wasn't until Eva and Toby had finished the washing up that he moved, and he jumped as though frightened, looking around him. Eva dumped her tea towel and went over to him, sitting down on the deck. Hello. She spoke very gently. She knew what it was like to be confused when you first woke up. You're on our ship. You're safe. We found you in your coracle in the middle of the ocean last night. We will help you. As she spoke, Mama and Papa and Toby all gathered at a small distance, not wanting to crowd the tiny creature. The mole blinked and sniffed the air around him, testing, and then blinked again. Aha! Ah, well, good, and thank you, whoever you are. I was very lost and very, very tired. Yes, very tired indeed. I had travelled for such a long time looking for help, but I couldn't find anything at all, or anyone, and I very much need help, because... Here the mole's eyes filled suddenly and completely with tears. My... my island is going. It's sinking. It's... it's almost gone, and I don't know what to do. Without thinking, Eva scooped up the mole into a cuddle. He held himself strangely for a second, then submitted and snuggled into her shoulder, his little body shaking with sobs. There's, there's nobody left and nobody knows what to do, he said between the sobs. Eva felt Papa's hand on her shoulder and then she spoke. I'm so sorry to hear of your island, but I think we can actually help. We have learned a lot about these islands. I am Eva and this is Toby and our Mama and Papa. Your island needs a song. The mole was still crying and he now burst out, but I can't even sing. Eva almost laughed, but instead she spoke firmly. We will come and we will sing, all of us. We can help you, I promise. The mole, his tiny body still shaking, turned around and sniffed the air. Toby thought he was somehow testing them, working them out. 
Eventually the mole nodded. Oh, well, thank you. Good. Uh, no time to lose. Let me show you the way. Eva put the mole down on the deck and he scrambled straight to the front of the ship, sniffed the air, then pointed. Toby and Eva looked at Papa, who raised his eyebrows, shrugged, then went to steer the ship. They travelled solely by the mole's sense of smell. He explained to Eva that he could see a little light, but not much else, and so his sense of smell was the only thing that could direct him. He said his island had a particular fragrance of old books and lavender and of cherry blossom. Eva couldn't smell any of those things in the air, but she trusted him. They sailed and sailed, and then the mole gave the air one more long sniff and turned to Eva. We're here. It's just ahead of us. What can you see? Eva looked ahead. At first she saw nothing but the ocean, but then, her heart thudding, she saw a small outcrop of rock with the top of a tree next to it poking out of the ocean. It was barely bigger than a bed. She felt tears gathering in her eyes. It's there, she said in a low voice, but it's almost gone. Papa dropped the anchor. The family gathered at the front of the ship and looked ahead of them. None of them said what was very, very obvious to them in that moment, as they didn't want to upset the mole. How were they ever going to write a song about an island that they couldn't even see? After a silence, Mama spoke. How rude of us. You must be so hungry. We're at the island now. Why don't you have some breakfast and then we can work out what comes next? You'll have to tell me what you'd like to eat. Oh, insects mostly. I'm glad we're here. I need to go underground soon. I don't like it much above ground, you know. Do, do you have any snails? This began a bug hunt all over the ship. Mama found an old tub and they managed to fill it with a fair few spiders, wood lice and flies. The mole looked delighted and gobbled it all down. The whole time, Eva was trying to think of any sort of tune or words she could put in a song about the small piece of ground in front of them. But she couldn't. But Toby had an idea. When the tub was empty of bugs, he spoke gently to the mole. Sir, would you tell us of your island? What was it like? What is the history? It will help us to create a song and to rescue it. The mole looked so pleased and then sad. He spoke modestly. There is none better place to tell you such tales as I. Not only am I the last inhabitant of Luna Island, but I have made its history my life's work. I shall try to be concise and not get sidetracked. I believe we need to move quickly. No one replied. They all wondered if he knew just how far the island, Luna Island, had sunk. They say the island was first discovered at night. This is why it has come to have such a curious name. A scholar was exploring the islands, mapping them, and on a still moonlit night he saw a white-looking island rising from the water. He pulled ashore and slept the night. In the morning, he explored and could hardly contain his excitement. It was just the sort of thing that he was looking for. It rose tall out of the water 
and was riddled with springs and streams and also caverns and passages where waterways had used to run. It was, in short, a ready-built place of caves and springs. The scholar had been longing to establish a place of learning, history and art in the islands, where books could be kept, where people could learn, where poems could be written. It is said he had a strange feeling, as though the island had been made for such a purpose. And indeed, it served this purpose most delightfully. It became known among the islands as a place of great wisdom, beauty and law. The gardens here, the fountains, the carvings into the white stone, the gems in the walls, the magnificent treasures. Not that I have seen a lot of them. Of course, I do not see well, but much of this was lost long before my time. As the people created new arts and thoughts and pictures, they forgot the old ones. And then the water began to creep in again. Rooms of books and maps would be found suddenly destroyed by the water. And of course, people began to leave. I was eventually the only one left, trying to preserve what I could, moving my few things up a level every year. And then this year, the water rose faster than ever. I thought I would see out my days on Luna Island. But in the end, I left to look for help. And I found you. We will help, Eva said, as Toby said. We will do our best. Toby was looking over the side of the ship. Their songs had helped them when they were lost, had grown a tree, had helped the islands. But bringing a whole island out of the sea seemed so much bigger than all of those things, it seemed impossible. Toby caught his papa's eye and Eva had got some paper to write words on and Toby reached almost automatically into his pocket for the flute. Mama reached out and clasped Papa's hand tightly. All they could do was try. Eva scribbled, and Mama helped with words. They questioned the mole more and more. This was certainly the hardest song they had written so far. The others seemed to spring from the islands themselves, but if this island had a song, it was so hidden under the sea they couldn't hear it. But still, they wrote. Papa provided a rhythm. The mole corrected and fussed in a way that was a little annoying. Mama suggested words that Eva wouldn't have thought of, but that did seem to fit. And then finally they had a song. Eva looked around at the others a little nervously. It seemed as if this song was important in a new way. They rose to their feet and without really speaking about it, they went together to the front of the ship where they could see the island. It was even smaller now. The tree had disappeared. There was only a small piece of rock left. Papa began to tap out the rhythm. Then Toby played and Mama and Eva started to sing. The song felt hollow, weak against the air around them. Eva found that suddenly she was cold. But they sang and then they sang again. Nothing happened. Hang on, Toby spoke, breaking off the tune, then disappeared under deck for a moment. He emerged carrying the sapphire crown that they had found on the island of lost things. He handed it to Eva with a sheepish expression on his face. I thought it might help. Eva took it wordlessly, then placed it on her head. 
They began to sing and play again, and this time it felt different. It felt somehow as though the wind was listening, as though the waves were lapping in time, as though there was some silent response. To love the islands, secrets in view, wisdom and poetry. Just to show us, don't leave us behind. Don't sink away now. There is still more to find. Show us your beauty. Let us explore trees, caves, and mountains. As they sang, the wind began to rise, catching at their hair and their eyes. Papa lifted the mole carefully as they began to sing again, and the wind grew stronger and stronger, and they sang louder as the wind began to swirl, and above them clouds gathered, and then around them the sea began to move. Toby looked down. The waves were crashing this way and that, now covering the island completely now exposing the top of the tree, now seeming to swirl around it. The beat stopped. Papa passed the mole to Mama and went to manage the ship, though somehow the weather didn't seem to affect them as much as it should, but he brought down the sails and stood ready to move. Eva and Mama sang on, though soon they could barely hear themselves. Suddenly rain came and they were instantly drenched and then the sky rolled with thunder and lightning crashed around them. Eva's heart thudded and pounded and Toby felt as though he were in a strange dream. Could their songs really be doing this? The waves got bigger and bigger and finally they felt the ship move. Papa had decided it was enough. They had to get away for safety. They didn't sail long through the storm. The sea was soon calm around them, but they could see the dark clouds gathered and the storm was across the water. They watched it as it raged, the lightning flashing across the sky. Mama spoke quietly to the mole, explaining what was happening. They watched. Everything raged and then the storm faded gradually, the waves slowing, the clouds disappearing, the wind fading away. They picked at some lunch as it continued, hardly able to concentrate. And then, eventually, it was still. The sun reflected on the water, so it was hard to see what had happened, if anything had happened. The family moved to take the ship closer, while Mama held on to the mole. The sun glimmered in their eyes, making it hard to see. Was there something rising out of the water? Was it a trick of the light? 
there was something. The family shot looks and grins at each other as they got closer and saw white rock rising above them, saw elegant trees reaching into the sky, saw walls, saw openings in the rock. They gasped. The mole squirmed and smelled the air. The island, he called out, his voice quivering with excitement. Luna Island is restored. They tied their ship in a well-built harbour and began to walk to look, to explore. The mole said he had to check some things and scrabbled away. And so the family looked around them. It was the most cultivated landscaped island they had seen, though much was fallen away. There were pathways and walls, mosaics, windows in the rock face. They stepped into a cave and gasped. It had shelves carved into it all around and gems sparkling in the walls. It led further and further into the rock, but they only went a little way. The island was beautiful and seemed to have an air of calm, of peace. Willow trees dropped their branches across paved floors. Pathways and squares were filled with fountains. It would need more work. It would need inhabitants, but it was back. They walked into another cave. Here, pictures were carved into the walls. It took some time for their eyes to adjust to the light. There were very faint traces of colour in the pictures. They must have been painted once, but the colour was washed away by the sea. There were pictures of boats, of the sea, and then of a woman standing and singing. She wore the crown. She must be Queen Sapphira. Eva studied her face closely her eyes, her mouth, her nose. The picture felt familiar somehow, but she knew too that she had never seen it before in her life. Perhaps it was a recognition of the singing out, of the creation of song, of the building of things with the words and the tune. They came out of the cave and in front of them, the mole popped out of a hole in the ground. They're coming, he spoke hoarsely. People are coming back, come and see. He took them back to where their ship was. It was not the only one anymore. Now the harbour was filled with ships and boats, big and small, carrying animals and people. Eva squealed when she saw Fias aboard one of them with lots of people and the Lyondar at the helm. Then the bear and her cub on another, which looked as though it had been made by the bear herself. Then there was a large ship with the Arthas, the badger of Arendar, and many, many apples. And there were so many more, a boat filled with rabbits, all working away at small oars, one with hedgehogs inside, looking very solemn, pulled along by a great mass of birds working together. As they arrived, one bird let go of its string and flew to Eva and landed on her shoulder. It was blue, and Eva smiled at it happily. The mole cleared its throat and announced in a louder voice than anyone expected, Luna Island is restored! And a huge cry and cheer went out in all of the boats as the people and animals laughed and cried and stomped and sang and clapped. Then, of course, it was chaos. People landing and looking around and getting in each other's way and moving around and introducing themselves and saying thank you to Toby and Eva and Mama and Papa. 
Some people had come from far off lands, drawn to the islands of their ancestors. Some had come from close by. Some had never been here before, but felt an urgency to be here. The others had gathered from the islands, hearing the tales of the songs of the family who sang them. Those from the Lyondars island had brought a great feast, and as the sky began to darken, they lit a fire and shared food among everyone, meats and cakes and pies and fruits and wonderful vegetables and cheeses. The family ate, and then the badger from Arindar came and asked them to follow him. They went into yet another cave where something in the walls glowed and the walls shone with metal running through the stone. Gathered there were the Arthas, the mother bear, the bluebird, the Lyondar, the badger and now them. You have done well, the Lyondar spoke gravely and we are truly grateful. Papa bowed his head slightly. But it isn't finished, not yet, the badger spoke now. We have rescued some of the Sapphire Islands, but if they are to continue, we need more. We need a song to restore all of the islands. Many are in as bad a state as this one. Many are gone. We need to call them up out of the sea and we can't do it one by one. There isn't time. Eva frowned. This song had been so difficult. Could they really restore all the islands? We are deeply grateful too, Mama was speaking now. Thank you for helping, sheltering and feeding our children. Thank you for helping to bring us together again. Of course we will do anything we can to help. Eva felt a flood of relief. Of course, Mama and Papa were here too. Everything would be just fine. They didn't have to do it on their own. She felt a giant yawn overtake her. Papa looked down at her with a smile. But perhaps we should do it tomorrow. Everyone agreed and they went back out to see the others, making bed and making camp around the fire. All were going to sleep. Eva, Toby, Mama and Papa pulled their bedding off the ship too and as they were drifting off, Mama sang to her family and to everyone. Oh, 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 oh. The sea breeze calls out to me memory of a melody from the land so sweet and blue from the lost and from the true oh. The song is a compass, the mother gives a flute, the wings and the shadow, then a story and truth. Oh. The 
sweet time brings a sadness Then you gather but leave My silence are far islands Singing only in the breeze see about that, Toby muttered just before he fell asleep. The end. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed our stories, we'd love you to share them with your friends. Next week, Toby, Eva and their parents face their biggest challenge yet. Will they be able to save the Sapphire Islands? Thank you.